We're in a series called The Power to Change, and I think this has been a great way to start our year together. Uh, how many of you have something specific in your life you say, Mike, I want to change? I mean, do y'all have, I mean, when you think about your life, and if you're watching online, you can let us know in the comment too, if there's something you have that you want to change. Um, the good news is, we're learning how to change. This is a, a very practical series. Uh, it's based on the Bible. This is not self-help. This is not the power of positive thinking. This is spiritual transformation. Uh, this series is based on a book and a sermon series by Craig Groeschel. Uh, if you've got the YouVersion Bible app, there's a Bible reading plan that goes along with this. You can actually check it out. It's only like seven days, but... Uh, it, it will kind of reinforce some of what we're learning here, so you can check it out as well. The truth is, though, that we know we need to change different things in our life, but for so many of us, we find ourselves stuck. And, and we find ourselves stuck year after year after year, and these things that we want to change, and we keep saying, we're going to change, and I'm going to change one day, and yet we still find ourselves where we have always been. And so I'm guessing that some of you may be here today and you're hoping to get out of debt. Maybe you're hoping to be better with your money. You're hoping to improve your marriage. You're hoping to build better relationships. You're hoping to get into shape. And, and here's what I want you to know. Hope is good, but there's more. And that kind of leads me. I'm just going to jump right in this morning and take off. Here's the first point if you're taking notes this morning. Hope alone won't change your life but habits will. Uh, we've been talking about change and all this, and, and I know hope is a good thing, right? We all need hope, but hope is not going to change your life just hoping that things are going to change one day. We can have hope, but hope doesn't change because habits are what change your life, especially holy habits. Uh, let's look at our, our morning routine again. We kind of touched on it last week. Uh, let me ask you, what did you do last Monday morning? Uh, if you kind of think about it in your mind, you probably, you probably remember because you have a routine, right? Because uh, we're used to, we do the same thing time after time, week after week, day after day. And, and so we maybe wake up and you shower and you exercise or you read your Bible or you scroll Instagram or you make coffee, you drive to work or whatever it is. And during most of that time, you're probably on autopilot, right? You're just kind of going and you know you're, you don't have to think about it a whole lot because it's your routine. You know what you do, so you, it's because you have a habit. And what that shows us is that most of what we normally do, it isn't the result of hope, but it's the result of habits, in the book, this is what he said. He said, whatever you did, chances are it was pretty much what you did yesterday and what you will do tomorrow. But the sameness of your routine is the same as the sameness of everyone's routines, including mine. Much of what we do is not the result of conscious choices, but daily habits. Duke University did a study and found that 40% of the actions people take in any given day are the result not of decisions, but of habits. So autopilot is not just for people flying airplanes or driving Teslas. We do much of what we do because it is what we always do. 
So I, I would say if you want to change your life, you've got to change your habits. And that's why today we're really just talking about what holy habits are. The choices, right, your choices, they create the course of your life. Your decisions determine your destiny. And, and your choices uh, are, are less in, really less intentional, more habitual than you, than you think. There's a lot of truth to the quote that, that many people attribute to Aristotle that we are what we repeatedly do. Have you heard that quote before? We are what we repeatedly do. This means that who you are has really been shaped a lot by the habits. And, and the life you're living today is really a result of the habits that you've chosen and that you've created. And I think so many times that we think hope we're just, we, we hope we're going to change him. We have this desire, but we don't have the intention. We don't have the vision. We don't have the means to get to where we want to be. And so hope is not really a strategy, is it? Uh, what got us here is not hope. Uh, we are largely here and where we are in life because of our habits. And so that means if you want to change who you're becoming, you've got to change your habits. That means if you want to change where you're going, you've got to change your habits. That means if you want to change your life, you've got to change your habits. If you want to be transformed, you have to change the way you think. And again, I'm not just talking psychology here. This goes all the way back to the Bible. This is how Paul said it, a very familiar passage, Romans chapter 12. Let's look at this. And he says here, And so, dear brothers, and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. God's asking us to give our lives to him. This, we, our, our, the way we live, the choices we make, the habits we form, we lay them down and say, God, use them. And then he goes on to say, don't copy the behavior, and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He wants to change the way we think. He wants to transform us from the inside out. And as we grow in our faith and our understanding of Jesus, as we deny ourselves daily and we spend time with God in our holy habits, God changes the way we think. We start understanding what God's will is for our lives. This is the process of sanctification. It's the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. It's Christ-likeness. And so for every believer, what we want to see happen in our lives, we want to be progressively conformed to be more and more like Jesus. It's an ongoing process where we seek to live out the teaching of Jesus and the example of Jesus in our daily life. Uh, we want to reflect Christ more and more in our character and, and how we love and, and how we share grace. And Again, it's not just sin management. I think so many times we think about the Christian walk and we think about don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. And, and it's, that's behavior modification. What Jesus wants to do is to change the way we think. He wants to transform us. That, that's the spiritual transformation that takes place where he replaces our old desires with new desires. 
He changes the way we think. He gives us a new heart, a new life. And it's all about He changes us. And because of that, right, one of the ways we grow in Christ's likeness is we start training ourselves. That's what habits do. They start stacking on one another, and God honors our faithfulness. He honors our faithfulness in the little things. Luke chapter 16, uh, we read, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And can I just say, I think we underestimate how one small habit can change our life. How it can bring us closer to God. How it can change the trajectory of our life. That's why habits are so important. The small things matter. And that kind of brings me to my next point. God often does incredible things through small habits. God will often do incredible things through very small habits. So I think before we keep going, we need to define what a habit is. Because we're not really this, I mean, when we think about habits, I think sometimes we think of bad habits uh, immediately with something we do that we don't want to do, but there's more to it. Let me kind of give you a definition uh, of habit. Uh, this is from the book. He, he, in it, he says, what is a habit? A habit is a behavior you automatically fall into without your brain fully participating in the decision-making. Now, some, you can see why that can get you into trouble sometimes, right? If your brain is not kind of participating in that decision, a habit can be good and a habit can be bad, right? And so uh, that's, the, that's, that's part of the, 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 the danger here a little bit is if we do something repeatedly, we will keep doing it over and over without thinking about the consequences. Why? Because it's a habit. We do things without having to think about them. Let me, let me give you an example. When you brush your teeth in the morning, do you pick up your, your, your toothbrush and say, now how again am I supposed to do this? Let me get, pull up instructions from the internet. Okay, I'm, I've got to hold my arm this way and I've got to put my, my toothpaste on. I've got to move my arm this. Do you go through that process and, and try to, no. You just do it because you've done it over. Your mind is on autopilot, right? It's a habit. Uh, your brain is not fully participating in what you're doing because it's a habit. You've done it over and over and over again. Um, and so there are things that we do without even thinking because they become part of who we are through habits. And the, the key is we've got to get the, the right things in those places in our life. What if every morning, as soon as you wake up, you're just, your habit is, hey, I'm going to get in God's Word. You, you don't even have to think about it. It's not even a decision you have to make because, again, you're on autopilot. I'm going to pick up the Bible. I'm going to get with God. I'm going to spend time with Him. It's part of my daily routine. Do you see how that can start changing your life? Just one simple thing. Before I get on Facebook, before I get on Instagram, I'm going to open God's Word. Uh, what about, uh, there's other things, right? Wait a minute. Before I leave for work in the morning, I'm going to pray with my spouse. It's just getting yourself in those habits that allow us to grow in Christ-likeness. Let me give you an illustration of this from the Bible. We'll go to the Old Testament in the book of Daniel. 
Um, if you know a, a little bit about Daniel's story, uh, I'll kind of back it up. In the year 586 B.C., uh, the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar, they conquered Jerusalem and they deported many of the Israelites to Babylon. Daniel was one of the many young Israelites that was taken into captivity. Uh, the king then tried to change them and, and strip their identity, strip their culture, changed their names, changed everything about them. He wanted to create right these new young Babylonians and strip their Jewish identity from them. And so he tried to manipulate them and train them in the ways of the Babylonian culture. And so you would probably look at that and say, well, Daniel didn't have much of a chance here. He's been taken away from his homeland, been taken to a foreign country, put under the control of a powerful king. Everything familiar in his life has been stripped away. And so, but what we see is that from the very beginning, Daniel stuck to his holy habits. Daniel 1.8 is one example. Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to him by the king. So he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. So again, he's like, wait a minute, I'm not going to do this just because everyone else is. You keep going, he says, he, this is how he, he argued, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. And at the end of these 10 days, you can just look at us and see how we're doing. And they agreed to that. And at the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than all the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. He was a man of principle. He was a man of habits. He was disciplined. He was smart. He was determined. And then one day the king had some wild dreams and weird dreams and uh, nobody could figure out what they meant. And God had revealed to Daniel, this is what his dreams meant. And the king was blown away by that. Uh, and, and again, the, the, he's like, how could you do such a thing? It just shows how God can do something big through small habits that Daniel formed in his life. Daniel found favor with the king. The king wanted to pr promote him. Uh, I'm kind of going fast through the whole story, but uh, of course the king's uh, kind of inner circle got jealous of Daniel. And they said, we've got to find some way to get him in trouble. Um, and, and Daniel 6, 5, they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So these evil, kind of the evil inner circle here said, hey, king, you need to make a rule that uh, over the next 30 days, if anybody prays to anybody except you, you're going to throw them in the lion's den. He kind of said, it's all about you, king. Let's exalt you. And the king agreed to this. And of course, we see that it got Daniel in trouble. Verse Daniel 6.10, when Daniel learned that this law had been signed, he went home. And he knelt down as usual. Uh, you know, if you, if, if, you're, if you take notes in your Bible, I want you to kind of circle as usual. Underline it, highlight it. Uh, that's the key phrase here. As usual. This was not a one-time thing. This was his usual pattern. This was his holy habit. He was in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day. Just as he, is, as he had always done, giving thanks 
to God. He had a habit. And so if you don't know the next part of the story, it's pretty powerful. Uh, since his window was open, they saw him. The guys said, hey, Daniel's been praying. He broke the law. The king was upset because he liked Daniel, but it was the law. So he felt pressure. He threw Daniel in the lion's den. This is the story that we grew up hearing in Sunday school. Daniel in the lion's den. The king was up all night worrying. I hope he's okay. I hope God is going to take care of him. They sealed the place with a big stone. The next morning, the king rushed in and said, Daniel, has the God that you serve been able to rescue you? And the Lord, right, and the Lord did rescue him. And Daniel, after uh, staying all night, he said, yes, my God has rescued me. And so when you think about this story, right, uh, Daniel prayed. Daniel did what he had always done as usual. One small holy habit. And what did this habit do for him? I, here's what I would say. It built his trust. It built his faith. It strengthened him. It gave him intimacy with God. He learned to hear the voice of God. He learned to trust God all because he prayed over and over and over, as usual, day after day after day. This habit changed his entire life. And again, let me just ask you, what can one small holy habit do in your life? We underestimate what habits will do. And we get just keep saying, yeah, I hope to one day I'm going to really start praying one day, I'm going to read my Bible a little bit more, but right now I'm just busy. Right now my life is crazy. Right now I'm just stressed out because I have more work to do than I have time to do it. And we make excuse after excuse. And what one powerful holy habit changed the spiritual trajectory of Daniel's life. And that's why I would say don't underestimate how God can start something big through a, a small holy habit in your life. Don't underestimate what God can do in your marriage, in your faith, in your health, in your friendships, in your ministry through one small, specific, God-honoring habit. And so how do you change your habits? I think that's a pretty fair question at this point. Like, we're, we're, that, that's because most of us have tried and most of us have failed. I've got good news because changing your habits is easier than you think. And that kind of brings me, we'll kind of keep going here. My next point is understanding how habits work is the key to starting them. I think we need to have a, a good understanding of how habits work. Now, Lucas is preaching next week. He's going to get a little more into this. There is a process to this. Uh, remember, a habit is a behavior that you automatically fall into without your brain fully participating in the decision making. James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits. I think I mentioned it last week. And he breaks the process of forming a habit into four steps. And I've got a graph here that will help you understand the process. All right, there's a graph here. It's the habit loop. And, and what we see here is there's kind of four steps uh, to this process. There's a cue, there's a craving, there's a response, and there's a reward. And uh, the cue is that trigger that alerts your brain that you can go into autopilot because there's a habit there. The craving is that physical, mental, or emotional need that the cue leads you to want to satisfy. 
The response is the behavior that you routinely fall into. The reward is how that behavior makes you feel. And this kind of, when you start thinking about the psychology of this, it's if the behavior creates pleasure, your brain decides this is something I want to do again. And so the next time the cue appears, your brain tells you, hey, you remember this? You've gone through this before. This is something good or this is something bad. And so you, you kind of get into this process. And, and if you engage in that same loop, this cue, craving, response, reward enough times, the process becomes automatic. A, a habit is going to be born. And so if you want to change your habits, you start with changing your cue. I was talking this week with someone that is working on overcoming um, some addictive behaviors in their life and uh, addiction problems. And we talked about this a little bit because there are certain cues that trigger you to fall into that old pattern of sin. And you've got to work on replacing those cues. If you've ever studied psychology, my brain thought back to uh, Pavlov and his experience with conditioning and the dogs and the salivating dogs. Have y'all ever studied that? Y'all ever? That's kind of a classic uh, psychology 101 type thing. Uh, He taught the dogs if you ring a bell, they would start salivating because they associated that with getting food. And so there are certain cues that we see in our life. It's like the bell rings and we're like, oh, I know what's going to happen next. And our, our job is to replace those cues with something better. And so I'll give you an example. I mean, just little things in my life. Uh, I, I, I want to try to exercise. And some weeks I do better than others. This was a good week. I was able to exercise a lot. Some weeks, though, I don't do good. And one of the things that gets me, the cue is once I take a shower, I'm not going to exercise. Because I sweat a lot. Okay. And so I've got to exercise, but once I jump in the shower, my chance of exercising that day is pretty much gone. And I don't know, that's a little thing. But it's like in my mind, that cue once is the shower. Once I'm doing it, I'm, that's my chance is gone. And so then I push it out to the next day. So, and so what do I have to do? I have to create cues. I have to lay my clothes out ahead of time. I have to plan. I have to prepare. I have to say, tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. I have to kind of set myself up for success. I have to create new cues. Uh, and again, that's how habits are formed. And you do that. There's a couple of steps you can do to, to, to help you do that. One is you've got to make that cue very obvious. You want to change what you do, you've got to change those cues. Uh, if you want to take vitamins in the morning and your vitamins are up in a cabinet, then you've got to set them out on the counter where you're going to see them every morning. Right? Uh, you know, you've got to think through. If you want to read your Bible to start your day, don't leave your Bible in a drawer. Put it right where you're going to see it the first thing you wake up. You're changing your cue. And I know this kind of sounds elementary, right? But this is so important in creating new habits. You've got to make it obvious. The second thing you want to do, you want to make it easy. You want to set yourself up uh, for success. And sometimes we say, okay, well, I want to do this, this, and this. And we have a habit that's like, no, just make one simple step. And then start stacking things on top of it. Um, and, so, uh, and so maybe it's like, okay, um, you want to journal. 
Uh, and so instead of saying, I want to write 500 words every day, it's like, uh, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to drink coffee, and while I'm drinking coffee, I'm going to write something I'm thankful for. You, you've stacked, what have you done? You've kind of stacked two small things together. You've made it obvious. You made it easy. Um, after you, you want to read a book and you never have time to read, just say, hey, I'm going to read one chapter in my book every night when I go to bed. Just one chapter. Now, that may work for some of you. I'll just tell you, I'm one of those people I can't read in bed because as soon as my head hits the pillow, I'm gone. I, it, it is unreal. I can go to sleep in like 10 seconds once I lay down. So it, to me, that's a, I've got to be careful. Like once I lay down, I'm not reading. Um, and so, but for you, what is it? How can you stack these, uh, these cues together? Um, this works with your holy habits as well. After I read my Bible, I'm going to immediately pray. After I go to church, I'm going to journal about what I've learned. After breakfast, I'm going to pray with my wife today. What is, I mean, you start stacking these things. You make it obvious, you make it easy, and you're not going to change because you hope to change. You're going to change by creating these God-honoring habits. Paul said this in 1 Timothy. He said, physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better because it promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. And, and I would just say to you this morning, it's a matter of training, not trying. So many people, we try, I'm going to try to change. I want to try to do better. I'm going to try. That doesn't cut it. Hope doesn't change you. What will? Habits will. It's a matter of training, not trying. Change is based on training ourselves for godliness. So that when we encounter a situation, we're on autopilot. We do the right thing for the right reasons. Week one, we talked about real change is not behavior modification, but it's spiritual transformation. And so we start with our spiritual why, right? Why do we want to change? Why do we want to do this? What's our vision? What's our intention behind the change? What is our spiritual why? Last week, week two, we talked about our spiritual identity. And your identity directs your actions. So if you want to change what you do, you've got to change your identity and discover who you are in Christ. You are who God says you are. Uh, you have the identity of God transforming you to be like Jesus. That's your spiritual who. Today is kind of our spiritual what. How do we change? It's through our habits. And, and so that kind of leads me to, this morning to, to kind of challenge you a little bit. Here's the response I, I want you to think about today. What is, based on who you want to become, what's one habit that you need to change? Based on who you want to become, based on what God wants to do in your life right here, right now, today, what's one habit that you need to change? Do you want to be a better dad, a better mom, a more devoted spouse? Do you want to grow closer to God? Do you want to be a more disciplined person? Do you want to be more loving and more caring? Do you want to trust more? Do you want to worry less? Do you want to be, become a person who is not anxious all the time? What is it? It may be something you need to start. It may be something you need to stop. And you may need to replace it with something better. 
Jim Collins wrote, wrote a business book years ago that has become quite popular, and in it he said, good is the enemy of great. And that is one of the key reasons why we have so little that we why we have so little that becomes great few people attain great lives in large part because it's so easy to settle for a good life and what he's talking about sometimes we do something that's not really all that bad but it's not the best good is the enemy of great and so it may be a small change it may be taking something out of your life that's not terrible but you replace it with something even better right the, the Bible says it this way, and Paul says this in 1 Corinthians. He says, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you, for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. There's a lot of stuff that we can do that we shouldn't do. And I'll challenge you a little bit, right? So many times we're like, well, I can do this, or I can do this, or I want to do this. And it's our thinking is, hey, I want to do this. This is my desire. And instead of saying, should I do this? Should I is a much better question than can I? And so it may be a small change that leads to a dramatic impact in your life. What do I mean? I mean, maybe you want to run a marathon, and that's your goal. But if you can't even walk around the block, then you may want to start there. Right? You've, got to, you've got to start somewhere. Make it obvious. Make it easy. If you want to be a person who's intimate with God, then maybe your first habit is, I'm going to spend time with God before I get on social media. Maybe if you want to be a person who is more present with your family, maybe it's, I put my phone down when we're together. How many times have y'all, have y'all it, it drives me insane, and, um, and, 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 and I'll be honest, it's easy to fall into this trap, but you look around at a restaurant and everybody in the family is doing this. Have y'all seen that? You look at the whole table and you're like, you're sitting right there. Can I tell you, your time with your kids goes so fast. Don't waste it looking at your phone. Right? Be present. You may say, I want to be a person who's healthier. I, I want to honor God with my temple. Uh, so very simply, maybe you need to eliminate soft drinks. Or maybe you need to eliminate energy drinks, teenagers. Can I just say, right? <laughs> Are those things good for you? Let's, let's be honest. You know, what is it that you need to change? What is it that you need to replace? Maybe Sundays have become for you a day that sometimes I go to church and sometimes I don't and sometimes I think about God. And you know what Paul says? He says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Some translations say, as some make a habit. But let's encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So instead of neglecting the gathering of the saints, it's a habit, right? We, we come together so we can encourage each other. We need that encouragement in our daily lives. 
And so we need that physical connection. All this stuff, it takes training, it takes practice. Habits aren't easy, but I can tell you they're worth it. And if you start one new habit this year, and then one new habit next year, and you just start building on that year after year, you realize in 10 years you've created 10 entirely new habits that can transform your life. One new habit a year. Maybe you want to start two this year and two next year. Do you realize the the cumulative effect that those habits will have on your life? Uh, And and just think about the change. That's going to change your life. It's going to change your children's lives. It's going to change the life of your spouse. It's going to start changing every... It's going to have a dramatic impact on the legacy of your life just because you started one new habit this year. We underestimate how God can change us, how God can work through us. Simple habits. If you're not intentional, I'm telling you, you're going to find yourself in the same place year after year after year. Philippians says this, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely uh, and, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This is kind of this is this is guidance for us. What are we going to fix our minds upon? What habit? What is that one? Based on who you want to become, what is that one habit that you need to do? I'm going to pray this morning, and um, um, let's just bow our heads and pray. The praise team will come back up. Heavenly Father, help us to, to know what is that holy habit that we need to start. God, based on who we, you want us to become, show us what needs to change in our life. Reveal to us. God, through your power, we believe that you you can make it happen, that you can make us more like your son, Jesus. And so for each one of us here today, I know we can look at our lives and we can say there's a lot of things that aren't very holy. Every single one of us is messed up. We fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls it sin. All of us, and it's not popular in our culture today, but the Bible says all of us have sinned. And so, a lot of times we feel guilty, we feel ashamed, we feel far from God. But God, in your mercy, you have made a way where our sins could be forgiven, where we could be made right with God. You've reached out to us, and today, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to change who we are. Real change, lasting change. It's not behavior modification, it's spiritual transformation. And so when we cry out to you, when we acknowledge our need for you, when we confess our sins, you are faithful, you're just, you forgive us of our sin, you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, you you make a way where we can now be restored to you. You give us a new heart, a new life. And you not only forgive us, but you bring us into your family. You change us. And so if you're here today, if you're watching online, I want to just extend that invitation to you. God is calling out to you today and he wants you to respond. 
would you just say, God, I, I, I want you to forgive me. I want to know you. I confess my sins. I, I believe in who you are. I want to start right now, right here today, by giving my life to you. I need your grace. And when you call on Jesus, He hears your prayer. He forgives your sin. You'll be made new. Today, if you just say, Heavenly Father, hear my prayer. I know I need you. I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short. I know I've messed up. But today, I want to put my faith in you. I want to trust you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Lord, I believe that God raised you from the dead and and that because of that, I can have new life in Jesus. Heavenly Father, just save me today. If that's you, God will forever change your life right here, right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.